Welcome to the Triumphal Feast Podcast, a ministry of Elder Bryce Lowrance speaking to you from the pulpit of Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church in Social Circle, Georgia. When we start making the right move toward the Lord, the devil is going to attack that very area of our lives. And so as you're working to strengthen your family by taking your responsibility and your role of the family, be aware that the devil doesn't like it. But he knows he's only got you for a short time. And so he's going to attack the more. Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church meets regularly two times a week. Our regular worship service is on Sunday at 1030 a.m. Eastern. And our Wednesday evening Bible study is at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to attend in person, we are located at 3749 Mount Perrin Church Road, Social Circle, Georgia, 30025. For more information about these services online or Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church, please visit our website at mppbc.com. God is our creator, and as such, he knows how he designed us as men and women. He knows how he designed the family. He knows the best way for children, fathers, and mothers to work together to glorify God in their home and in the local church assembly. I have heard people say that their children didn't come with an instruction manual. Yes, they did. It's called the Word of God. If we want our families to be strong, they must be strong in the Lord. As we resume Paul's instructions on how to seek those things which are above, we will continue with the biblically defined role of the woman as an individual, but in particular as a wife and mother. mentioned secular work it's because the Bible doesn't talk about it oh wait a minute yes it does Lydia a church started in her house I have no idea where her husband was but she not only worked for herself she provided for her family and for the people that worked for her and she still went to church even though there wasn't a husband there guiding her the Bible teaches us over in Titus, that the woman is to be a keeper at home. Now, that was defined in times past as, pardon the way I put this, keep them barefoot and pregnant and at home and quiet. That's not what Paul ever said. Keeper at home literally means gatekeeper. The last line of defense against the devil. Sisters, that's your role. You're the last line of defense against the devil. Why did God do it that way? Sisters, have you ever wondered when your children act some way and you look over at your husband and he's completely oblivious as to why they're doing it, but you know exactly why they're doing it? It's because God designed you that way. 
That's the reason you're the last line of defense, is you can read your children's minds by their emotions and their behaviors. So if that's able to be done and working a job, there's nothing wrong with it. If the career comes before the child, then we have fallen out of the role as a wife and a mother. Husbands, fathers. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear that a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than what? An infidel. You know what that an infidel is, right? He ain't going to the good place when he dies. <laughs> so you can't get any worse than an infidel. But Paul says a man that won't provide for his own is worse. We're designed to work. We don't like that. But let's again go back to Genesis. God made this beautiful earth. Not, it's beautiful now, but it's fallen. Most beautiful morning you've ever seen. There's nothing compared to 10 seconds back in the garden. God designed all of it. But he said, but there's no one to what? Tend it. Nobody to work it. So he made man to work the earth. You were created to work. I don't like that. I'm right there with you. I don't like working sometimes, but that's our design. So you know what we need to do? We need to figure out how to like it. And the only way to do that is I'm working for the Lord. I'm not working for a jerk boss. I'm working for the Lord. This other guy just happens to be the guy that pays me. When you start doing it that way, you might find yourself laughing. I have. I have worked for people that flat out hate the Lord. And so I go in, and I try to work as honoring unto God, and when that paycheck comes, I say, that fellow that hates my Lord just paid me to work for the Lord. <laughs> that's the kind of attitude that we need to have because that's God's design. And when we're doing that, brethren, peace reigns in the home. Most of the time, a relationship breaks up because they're not loving one another. Notice I didn't say they fell out of love. That's fiction. You fell out of lust. Love is not what you get out of it. Love is what you put into it. The reason families break up is one or both stop devoting themselves to the other one. And so we need to fix that. We need to realize, and this is the reason that Paul teaches that we be not unequally yoked to an unbeliever. Young folks, when you consider someone to spend the rest of your life with, don't think, well, I'll convert them later on. Because 99 times out of 100, that unbeliever is going to pull you away from the Lord rather than you pulling them toward the Lord. So choose wisely. And sisters... If you're interested in a boy that nobody ever hears a word out of him and he never takes a leadership role in anything, is that a biblical man? No, it's not. He's not strong. I'm not talking about somebody that thinks they have to be in charge of everything. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a prideful man. What I'm talking about is a fellow that when work needs to be done, you look over there, he's there. He's not waiting for somebody to tell him what to do 
He recognizes he was designed by God to work. He says there's a work that needs to be done, and he steps in and he fills the gap. That's the kind of man you need to be looking for. He puts the Lord first. And we said, can we go out on a date? He said, I'm going to a church meeting. That's where we can go out on a date. That's a fellow that you need to be with. Gentlemen, quit you like men. And don't get mad at me when I tell you you're not. And when I'm not doing it, tell me. That's what church is for. It's to encourage one another in our godly designed roles. Now, this is not a very popular message at all. As a matter of fact, there may be those in our country that will try to outlaw these kinds of messages. They've already tried. But just because man says it's against the law doesn't mean that it's wrong. We were created by God. I think the designer knows how we work. For a little bit of homework for you, go back over to Ephesians 5. Before it talks about wives submitting, it says everybody submit to everybody else. That's the issue. The world says look out for number one. Take care of yourself first. The Bible says you come last. You might think this acronym is a little cheesy, but I heard it when I was a kid and it stuck with me, joy. You want joy in your life? Here's the pattern. Jesus, others, yourself. If you want true joy, you never think about the why. Live like Job. <laughs> That's better. I've called you roadkill before. I can call you Joe, right? <laughs> if we're doing that, then... All of a sudden we realize, hey, I haven't been feeding my flesh. I've been feeding my spirit. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And then notice this. It doesn't say parents instruct your children. Paul wrote this to children. So children, are you listening? Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Notice that he even gets more plain in the language when he's talking to a child. To the adults, the language needs some explanation. This doesn't need any explanation, but I'm going to explain it anyway. Children, obey your parents when? In all things. If they're telling you to do something that violates the Word of God, you don't have to do it. But if you haven't read the Bible enough to know what violates the Word of God or not, then you're pretty much stuck in doing what mom and dad say to do. You obey them in all things. What does obey look like? <sighs> That's not obey. That's disobedience. That's disrespectful to the Lord Jesus Christ. If mom and dad say do something, you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. If you don't understand, you still say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You go do it. And then you come back and say, I don't understand why you had me to do that. I've already done it, but please explain to me. Then parents, don't provoke them to wrath. Explain it to them. But oh, by the way, because I said so is a good enough reason. Children, are you listening to me? Parents, you don't have to defend telling your child to do something. God put you in charge of them. Children, because I said so, is a good enough reason. Probably not explain a little bit. If, it, if it's go clean your room, that's a good enough reason. 
because I said so. Some other things might need some explanation, but most of the time, obey your parents in all things. Why? For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Paul starts Ephesians chapter 6 with, for this is right. Do you know what that tells me? If we're disobedient to our parents or we grumble and do it anyway, then we're wrong and we're not pleasing the Lord. Oh, by the way, a life lived not pleasing the Lord is not a pleasant one. All right? Am I kind of plain this morning? Paul's pretty plain. And it was just a few days ago that question was going around, a turn to the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Here it is. Live like God designed you to. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Why is it when the Apostle Paul addresses the dynamic of the family, and almost every time he talks about the relationship with the children, he talks to the fathers and not the mothers. Why does he do that? Because fathers, you're Christ in the home. If there is something going on with a child in your family that you don't like, it is your responsibility to figure out how to fix it. That's not Bryce Parenting 101. That's the Apostle Paul. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. How do we do that? Confusion is what causes the problem most of the time. If your children hear mom say, no, you can't. And so the daughter goes to dad and he says, yes, you can. That causes confusion. Then they get in trouble with mom and they become angry. And I know how it works. The boys go to mom and the girls go to dad, right? That's the way it works. Sister Terry and I discovered, Rebecca wasn't so much. She, she kind of spoiled us. Gracie, on the other hand, we learned very, very quickly that discipline had to be meted out by mom because I couldn't do it well. I didn't do it sufficiently. But I did make the decision of saying, Terry, you have to handle this because I know I won't handle it right. Ultimately, fathers, the raising of the children and training the children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it's our responsibility to make sure it's happening. Now, that may mean we delegate some things to our wives and we discuss how to make it work, but that's a communication thing that has to happen. And so this design of the family, you see why I spend a lot of time on the husbands and fathers? Because the buck stops someplace, brothers, and it stops with you. Notice this. I didn't say the buck stops with you when you're taking responsibility. The buck stops with you, period. And so if you're a wimp and your wife is doing your job, the buck still stops with you. She's just taking the brunt of the problem. She wasn't designed to do that. I've raised some boys from 6th grade to 12th grade who never had a dad in the home. Some of them are the most effeminate boys I've ever seen in my life. But that wasn't the biggest problem. They didn't know how to treat women because there wasn't a man in their lives to show them how to love their mother. And so they mistreated their moms. And they mistreated the women all around them. 
And this is where you get popular music today. Most of those singers and those rap artists and so forth, they have a horrible definition of what a man ought to be. They're nothing but a dog. A dog can do the things that they do. A man loves. A man devotes. A man sacrifices himself. Where's that place that Paul says that, that she is the weaker vessel? The world wants to define that as that she's not capable of doing stuff. They've ever, obviously never met Sister Gracie. <laughs> when it comes to a weaker vessel that was in a fight, I'm not going to stand toe-to-toe with her. Not trained for it. She was trained to take down guys my size. So that's not what this is talking about at all. Weaker vessel. Sisters are mean bosses. They are the most preciously designed vessel on earth. And whether they want to admit it or not, they're fragile. Brothers, you're terracotta clay pots. <laughs> That's what Paul means. That's the difference. We're designed to be there in the trenches. And we need to hold our wives up in that precious spot. That's the way it ought to be. Are we perfect at it? No. But that doesn't mean when our wife's not acting like the Bible says, that doesn't mean we give up our responsibility to acting what the husband and the father ought to be. Wives, the same thing. We can do our part regardless of what the other person does. Does it take two people for you to forgive somebody? No. It takes two people for the relationship to work. And if both don't forgive, then it's going to be a very strained relationship. But you don't have to have the other person forgive you in order for you to forgive them. You don't have to have the other person doing their job in order for you to do yours. Children, it's the same thing. Mom and dad might not be doing right. Break the cycle. That's one of the biggest things that I dealt with in education is Children thought it was disrespectful to their parents to go beyond what their parents had done. Their parents never graduated from high school, so they literally thought that it was an insult to their parents to get an education. What culture have we bred that has that kind of thinking? It's an unbiblical one. Because the Bible tells us one of the most joyous things I got to see last night was Brother Rodney speaking to his son. Ben, I don't think you understood what he was saying. You may have. But Ben and Rodney both led singing last night. And Rodney just said, son, you're better than me. And he wasn't mad about that. He realized that the Lord had blessed him to encourage his son to grow. And his son had exceeded his abilities. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it ought to be, that our families get stronger from generation to generation, not weaker. And so let us not judge other families. Let's focus on our own. Servants, this is still dealing with do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Servants, obey all things your masters, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, 
not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. I'm glad that last part's in there. This doesn't have anything to do with whether you think you're the elect of God or not. <laughs> Paul says, serve that master as serving the Lord. Paul is not endorsing the slave trade here. It was a fact that back then there were bond servants. That is, you had a debt, and therefore you worked for that person until you paid off that debt. The Apostle Paul talks about those that are cursed of God are men stealers. That's the slave trade. Paul is not referring to that here. The closest relationship that we have is employee to boss. You've got bills that you've got to pay. That boss has the money, plain and simple. And we are to serve. This is part of seeking first the kingdom of God. This is not separate from it. This is not left out there as where we can choose to do this or not. We need to probably be different than most of the people that are our coworkers. That when the boss shows up, they start working really hard. But when the boss is not around, they're pretty lazy. That is men pleasers. That's eye service. Meaning when the eye sees you, you start acting right. God's watching all the time. Your true boss is watching all the time. You are going to receive an inheritance of him. Why not live like it? Why not represent Christ the right way? Knowing that that's our responsibility. We ought to be the best employee that's out there. Sometimes that might mean, though, that the boss says, well, I need you to work on this day. and say, I can't. I go to worship the Lord on that day. So well, you're going to lose your job. And I said, well, then the Lord will provide another one for me. I've said that. Haven't lost a job yet. I know a lot of men that have said that. Haven't lost a job yet. I've known a few that did lose a job. And the Lord still took care of them. I'm not talking about extraordinary circumstances of an ox in a ditch. The, the, the Bible deals with that. But I will say this. Don't be the one that pushed the cow in the pit by not taking care of your responsibilities during the week so that you had to do them on Sunday morning. Get your work done. It's what you're designed to do. But when we're doing this, we do it heartily as under the Lord. Oh, my boss doesn't look or act much like the Lord. Paul didn't say that. He said, do it as under the Lord. Be that weird guy at the job. That people will eventually give up on trying to pull him away from doing a good job because they know they're not going to change his mind. Because then Paul, in the first verse of chapter 4, takes care of the boss. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Bosses, you've got two employees that do exactly the same job and they're both doing it well. Pay them the same. Treat them the same. Whether they're black, white, Hispanic, whatever. 
whether they're man or woman, if they're doing the same job and they're capable of doing the same job and they're doing it at the same level, you treat them the same. That doesn't happen. Why? Because you have a master in heaven. God is no respecter of persons, it says in the previous verse. And so if you happen to be the boss, you're of no respecter of persons. And I'm not talking about quality of work. I'm talking about color of skin. I'm talking about um, color of hair. I'm talking about any outward attribute you can see about the person. That shouldn't matter as to how you treat that employee. If they're doing the job, you honor them with the pay that they deserve. If they're not doing the job, warn them. They could be your best friend. They could be your cousin. If they're not doing the job, warn them. Warn them again, then fire them. Because <laughs> you're running a business. Does the Bible teach that? did right here. We're not to be slothful in business. That's in here. So the person that's not slothful in business is a person that knows how to do some math and a person that knows how to do good business to make money to provide for himself and his family. It's biblical, folks. And oh, by the way, when you're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're seeking first the kingdom of God. And all your problems are going to go away. No. <laughs> Y'all know better than that. As a matter of fact, the more we try to do our roles as human beings, like God designed us, the more the devil is going to attack that exact area. Whatever it is we are trying to reform in ourselves, the devil knows we're lacking in that area. And when he sees us take a step in the right direction, he's not going to attack us on something else that we've got covered. He's also not going to attack us on something else that we're not focused on. He's going to try to discourage you from making that right change. He's going to try to discourage you because if he can take you and you've moved one degree to the right, he knows 10 years down the line you're following the Lord fully and he ain't got anything to do with that. He doesn't want that. He's going to stop you at that one degree. So if you have the thought, be aware. That's the reason <laughs> there was a time Brother Sonny Piles was going to baptize a fellow, and they were in the room changing. And the fellow came in, and he said, I'm not sure I need to be doing this. Sonny Powell says, that's the devil talking. And he took him up in the water right then and put him in. <laughs> when we start making the right move toward the Lord, the devil is going to attack that very area of our lives. And so as you're working to strengthen your family by taking your responsibility and your role of the family, be aware that the devil doesn't like it. The devil knows he can't have you for all eternity. He's got you about three score years and ten or about eighty, or as, as we are here lately, thankfully, beyond that. But he knows he's only got you for a short time. And so he's going to attack the more. But here's the deal. How does a muscle get strong? With resistance. You want your family stronger? Don't expect there not to be any trouble. Handle the trouble properly, and the family gets stronger. If you want to be a stronger man, husband, father, don't expect there be no trouble. 
Expect there to be trouble, but prepare to handle it in the right way. And you'll be strengthened. You will quit you like a man more and more. And that's what Paul is calling us to do. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at this. Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You want a thankful life? I do. You know what? I want that for you. But I can't just pray, Lord, give them a thankful life. Actually, I can. But you need to understand, when I'm praying, Lord, give them a thankful and a peaceful life, I'm asking this for you. Because God has put that responsibility in the hands of His born-again children of God. He overcame death, hell, and the grave for you. He made you alive in Christ where you're no longer dead to sin. You have power over these things. And so what I'm praying for is that you use them. Because the key to peace in your hearts, the key to having that thankful life is saying, Father, how did you design me? Show me what my role is in your creation and help me to do it, not so that I'll be praised of men, but so that I'll be honoring you and not be blaspheming your holy name by not acting the way that you have created me to do. May the Lord bless you all is my prayer. We hope this edition of Triumphal Feast has been a blessing to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website at mppbc.com for further resources, including our devotional blog, Little Brother's Thoughts on the Bible. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you all is our prayer.